0: strategize together let's hear it from an expert join the conversation it's informative and free you and me let's talk some strategy now here's your host Doreen Moore and Van Dam.
1: Hello, everybody. I am Doreen Moore and Van Dam, and I'm your host today. I have a special guest all the way from Suriname joining me, and we'll be talking about systemizing things, automation, and maybe even. AI. So stay tuned for that, but before I introduce you to this guest, I want to welcome everybody who's here live for the Strategy Talks show, as well as those who listen to Strategy Talks as a wonderful podcast. So without much further ado, I want to welcome our uh, sponsor, Social Insider. A quick shout out to them. They are the intuitive dashboard for social media analytics, reporting and competitors analysis for brands and agencies. If you need data, you need Social Insider. So here is Diego Amirali. Did I say that right, Diego? I forgot to ask you how to say your NAS name.
0: No, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfectly Uh, fine. Hi, Doreen. uh,
1: Hey, how are you today?
0: I'm doing great. It's been, uh, I guess, a good morning, but uh, it's kind of weird being on the other side, being a podcast host myself. So yeah, that nagging feeling to do my intro as well as you started the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. So we're going to talk about system building, automation and AI. But before we do, I want to let people know who you are. So Diego is a driven, free-spirited individual who has a great affinity and passion for technology and design. As a creative explorer with over 10 years of experience in design, highly engaging photography and visual storytelling, he's extremely passionate about capturing the human element. In 2020, audio caught his attention and he birthed the Convos podcast, a personal media project covering entrepreneurship creativity, personal finance, and self-development. I've been on that podcast. Um, as an on-deck fellowship alumni, he engages a wide range of guests and feeds a community of self-motivated creatives to reach their highest potential. Diego is happy to call Suriname home where more than likely he can be found brewing a cup of Japanese sencha. What is that? Is that some sort of tea?
0: Yeah, so I got a, a gift uh, when I left my study as New Zealand from my Asian friends, and I was fascinated by the diverse types of teas there were. And yeah, I, I just loved it. It's, it's just an experience. You gotta try it.
1: All right, I'll go. I'll go try that. Um, so let's start talking about as system building as a strategy. One of the things that when I started my company. Um, years and years ago, 12 years ago, um, I was doing everything myself. Um, and when I hired, when I was ready to outsource my first project, um, the person I outsourced to asked me for SOPs. Hello? Oh, hello. Are you back? Hello. I see yeah. you. Can you see me?
0: Yeah, you froze.
1: I know. What's that's weird. That has never happened to me. Wow, that's crazy. All right, uh, off we go. <laughs> we'll just have to uh, go with the flow. Hopefully, no other Wi-Fi connections disconnections are happening. Okay, so system building, automation, SOPs, right? In order to outsource, if you're building a business, in order to outsource, you have to have systems because if you can't tell somebody what they need to do, they can't do it for you. So how does somebody get started with system building? And I know you, we talked about this in the green room, Diego, you have an engineering mind. You yeah. you are an electrical engineer, so you think differently. How does that apply to system building? How can somebody who doesn't have that background still understand system building and what kind of systems
0: they need so system building how I perceive it is basically understanding processes understanding the fundamental fundamental ways things work and eventually it should be something that's replicable so you want to build systems for things that you repeat a lot for things that you want someone else to do for Things that you want to outsource to somebody, if you have a process, it, it doesn't even have to be a whole complicated uh, system. With in in the mechanical or engineering sense, it can just be a process that steps that someone needs to follow. And once you got that down, it's basically just a set of instructions and rules and guidelines for them to just you know in in. I think you're familiar with the if-else statements in excel or basic programming it's basically a huge set of if-else statements and it just makes the process so much easier and wins you time in the end
1: so if we are talking about strategically using systems in a business um what are some of the systems that we could automate that we might not have thought about
0: so if we're talking about business especially if you're starting out on your own you do everything yourself right from the the sale you're the salesperson you're the marketeer you're the finance administrator you're the content creator depending on what you do you do everything else and i would say if you're thinking about automation instead of you know outsourcing it or expanding the team what are processes that you do a lot that You can see it like the frequently asked questions that people ask you. What are the things that you have to do every time during a sales uh, process? You have to send an invoice, right? Can you automate that process that maybe it's a recurring client that just needs to pay monthly? Automate that in a system and that it gets sent automatically through the email with automatic reminders. So you don't need to sit behind them every time. Because the process is already in place like you have the design template ready and even in content creation if you're doing the podcast for example you need show notes maybe you have a onboarding process uh that the guest fills in i i know in our process you had a format i needed to fill in you can take that a step further that it goes into maybe extracts uh if they uploaded a bio, extracts that, make it a shorter version with AI, because we're talking about automation and AI in sure. this process. and you can make that easier. Maybe in our process could now be done in 10 minutes if you have the system in place. So it just w- wins you a lot of time and resources that you could spend on the more creative pursuits that aren't that replicable
1: okay so let's let's dive into that i love that so podcasting for example yes i asked you to be my guest and i send you a google form you're saying that once you fill out the google form you can then use ai to take those fields and put the answers where they need to go i now literally go in manually and grab the bio i grab manually grab the headshot i i get all the information that i need from you because the google form that's automation you're saying to then take it one step further and use ai to then maybe have your bio put in my script right i have to yeah and that's autumn that's not that's kind of systematized it's not necessarily automated but i have an example script that every week i just make a copy and then i put your name on it so your script said diego script And your bio goes in there and the questions that I have for you go in there. So you say that could that's something that could be automated and used.
0: Yeah. So you already automated one part of the process because you're slowly building a database. Right. And you have certain steps. You have your your standard outline ready. Of course, you adjust that based on the conversation, based on the topic. But think, for example, if you were to take it a step further, maybe they, the guest adds resources and has articles and you don't have the time to go through everything, but you have captured that into your system and then you feed that into an AI program. There's a lot of platforms now. We can talk about those platforms in a bit and then let it extract some things to talk about uh, what, are, what is Diego known for? What are topics you could talk about that you yourself haven't thought of yet? And then maybe you'll get some suggestions and see how to integrate that in the actual process.
1: That's great, that's really helpful. So now let's talk about the marketing part of that because we're gonna use podcasts as an example. You have a podcast, I have a podcast. What kind of systems have you built to promote to market to repurpose your podcast because that's strategic thinking right if you go by this fly by the seat of your pants every week and go oh i'm just going to post it here or there that's not really automation but if you have a system in place to repurpose to reuse the content every single week in a very organized way then you assure as many you know, eyeballs on that content or ears listening to your podcast as possible um, with minimal effort, right? So you get a higher ROI. What do you do for your podcast if you are willing to share? Um, that could be something that somebody be, might be listening to and go, oh, I didn't think to automate that part.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, so for us, when we started podcast, I think two, two and a half years ago, it's been a slow burn. So the, the first commitment me and my co host did is we're going to do it every week, that there was just the mere minimum uh, commitment. We didn't have a system yet. And over time, we slowly built the system. At first, it was just manually reaching out to guests. And then I build a system, you know, a Calendly link, uh, as you use as well, that they get booked, you, you put the slots in. So you don't need to think about it anymore. You can just mass reach out to people. Once they booked it, they put in their information. You contact them to confirm it. Okay, you, you got a bio, you do some research, and then you can use that bio and research to draft questions and uh, you have the photo. So I made a Canva template. People say don't use Canva for the designer, but if it simplifies your process, it's not rocket science. Build a template, just drag and drop a photo. It, instead of thinking of the design like five to 10 minutes, you just do it in 30 seconds now and then you have a caption ready.
1: I was gonna say, uh, I, I use I use Canva. You, If you're watching this, you see the backdrop every week. It has, it's a template, obviously. Um, our covers for any of our, you know, our thumbnails, are Canva. And yes, having a template makes things much easier. All right, what else?
0: So I'm not gonna talk about the AI part yet, but what we started to do over time um, in the editing post-production process, I knew early on that having transcripts would be useful for micro content in the future or maybe making it searchable. So we didn't use that immediately, but from early on, we used uh, AI like the transcription tools to transcribe the whole conversation. Of course, it's not 100% accurate, but 80, 85% is more than enough just to get an understanding of what the conversation is. So we've built that database. So now we can just search, oh, we had this guest on, what did we talk about? And I can feed that now since AI has developed further to extract key points, key insight from that conversation instead of listening to the whole hour conversation. And of course, the sooner you do it, you remember the conversation, you can fact check it. Was that really correct? But it saves you time. And you don't need to go uh, all in on that. Uh, after that, you can go into microcontent. So that's the process we're in right now. So we, we got some help to create microcontent. But because we have these systems in place, like the transcriptions, we can just send that database and they, base, they use that instead of someone who doesn't know about the podcast or show to go listen to all the episodes. That's over 100 hours. Come on, no, no one has time for that. So you just send them the key insights and the basis of that. So that's kind of what we did. And especially with the development of AI lately, it's become much more easier. um, And with images, with text text especially, to kind of get some key insights. I'd say there was a study done that maybe by the year 2030, at least 50% of content on the internet would be generated are kind of been created with the help of ai so that makes lots a of lot of sense might, we, we, might be that, robots
1: <laughs> i was gonna say it makes a lot of sense the development i've seen and you've probably been watching this even longer than i have um because this is part of what you do for other people uh, to me ai i've been using it for years but not necessarily always recognizing it as AI, but you know, predictive tests, Siri, there's all kinds of things out there that we use on a daily basis that are generated by AI. But I started seeing the prompts, you know, in Google Docs, you want to write this and, and all of my tools now, all my automation tools have now added AI capability. So you go in the tool to upload something and it says, would you like me to write it for you? And that's, Amazing. So I can see the progress just from quarter one through quarter four, where we are right now in 2023, I can see where, yeah, you're mentioning 2030. I can see that exponential growth for sure. So if you're watching this, if you're listening to this podcast and you're still, I mean, this is, I think, you know, I've, I've had several guests on that talk about AI. I love that we're talking about automation and AI, how they work together. Um, but if you've not embraced it, if you're scared of it, you're going to lose out. And here is, here is the, the, the quote that I loved. AI is not going to place your job, replace your job. It's people who use AI are going to replace your job if you don't use it. So that's what you need to know. So Diego, we talked about content creation. You talked a little bit about finances how could somebody use system building automation AI for sales? I just want to give cool. like kind of an overview. If you're the a business owner, if you're the, you know, uh, there might be people listening and watching that, you know, are doing different parts in their, in their business, or might have a different job description and they might, you know, a sales is a very one-on-one sort of, it's an intimate relationship that you're building with somebody. How would you use automation or AI for that and still have it be authentic?
0: Yeah, so I think that authentic part is the important part, right? Because people don't want to be approached by robots. I myself, and I'm on LinkedIn, I see these ads and these DMs. I, I don't even bother opening them. So I would approach it from a, if you're thinking about system building, from a systems process, evaluate if you're in sales, evaluate what are things that you repeatedly have to do? What are things that you kind of find tedious and want to replace that with AI. So for example, you have the one-on-one conversation, but maybe you want to send a reminder or a summary. We have an online meeting about a project and there's an AI tool that can record, listen into the project and make notes for you. So you could use that tool at the end of the conversation that it automatically derives the key takeaways from that conversation, the tasks, and uh, deadlines, maybe that didn't set because it can detect, like, oh, they spoke about August 24th. We need to have a meeting. Uh, by one week after that, you should have a draft and review. So you can put that in a task and it could be automated into an automatic email that goes to both parties. Like, this is what we discussed during the meeting. You still had the personal one on one conversation with the person, but you automated the process of you know, making a summary. So you don't necessarily need a note taker or someone. So you can just focus all your energy on the person. So that's one way you could do it. And the other side would be to analyze data. So we, we talked about it from the salesperson perspective when you engage. But sometimes you also need to analyze data, right? How many clients from this region do I have? How many clients? Um, Take this service, for example, sure. so you analyze that data and you see like, okay, maybe my service B isn't as requested. So should we tone that down? You could do an A-B test. So all these tools exist to efficiently and in a highly uh, fast way process data. And of course, you still need to be able to interpret that data.
1: Ah. It will make a
0: summary for you, but you still need the core principles of understanding and know what to do with the data.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like so- social media and marketing strategy, right? Data can tell you a lot of the information that you need, but the interpretation, you need an analyst or an analytic mind to say, well, if A is B or A plus B happens, then we should do... C or we should do D, right? So you you need to be able to interpret that and then apply it to uh, to what you what your goals are. So I love that. So how about research? Can you depend on AI to do? research for you, Um, say you're in sales or even when you're in marketing and you want to write an article about something, how much do you trust AI or do you have a, we're talking about system, system in place, Diego, to cover your butt? Like, what if, because that happened in the US this year where lawyers went into court and had used uh, chat GPT to find You know evidence of court cases and turns out those court cases were completely fabricated by chat gpt and they weren't real and they didn't do their homework so how can you make sure that the information and the research you get are correct
0: so as you said they didn't verify if the sources were actually legit so i i would say yes you can use it to you know um jump as a jumping off point to quickly gather resources ideas and directions for your topic or uh, anything that you're doing your research on and have that as a draft of course you can ask for resources and i tried it i asked you know give me citations or sources and sometimes it gives me links but those links don't exist so in that case you'll have to manually check it uh, search and if it's actually because it got the information from somewhere Maybe it synthesizes for two, three different sources and made one comment about it. So that's the tricky part. But I think we shouldn't completely rely on AI, right? All right th-
1: that makes, the, at the end that of the day,
0: sense. it's a tool. Just like we had yeah. Google in the 2000s, the search tool was revolutionary back then. You could search for information far and wide from across the world. And now that's just been you know, uh, it's on steroids now. You, You have something that synthesizes the information. But if you're a real researcher, an academic or a journalist, you need credible sources. So you can draft something really quick, but you still need to verify. So if you're in that field and you're doing that, don't forget to also verify it personally. Find the sources. You can ask the AI to generate some sources. And as you mentioned, prompting is a a essential skill now. Just like we had Googling, it's become a verb. So prompting is is one of the skills that kind of we need now. And I do think if you're a systems thinker, because you need to understand how the AI works to get exactly what you want. And there's this meme going around from creators, designers and salesperson like, oh, AI is going to take our job. And you, you mentioned in your quote, no, it's the people using AI is going to take your job. I'd like to add to that clients, most clients don't know what they want. So it is you as an individual, as a salesperson to find out what the client wants. And you need to specifically be able to input that in the AI to out get the, the output that you want. So if you don't know what you want and you don't know how to prompt it, you won't get the output you want.
1: Right. And and that's such good advice, Diego, because I think we are in this bubble of marketing and AI is everywhere for us. But there's a lot of people out there that don't use it. There's still teams out there that are still working with pen and pencil and paper and you know uh, notebooks and they're not even automated on computers never mind using AI and we we are so far along in especially in our industry of marketing that we forget that others are not there yet. So reiterating the fact that you know yeah you, you need to learn how to input and understand how AI thinks and works is actually a really really valid point. So. We are not quite at the end, but I want to kind of steer us towards what not to do, Diego. It's always good. You know, we hear all the things to do and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes learning what not to do is also very insightful. Is there something that we should not automate? Is there something that you say you should only automate it and hire a professional? What are some things we should never do?
0: I think uh, the the most important thing is that you... How would it even look like to automate right if, if you ask that question is the the sales part the in person uh the in-person part the sales part understanding what the needs are that's kind of hard to automate you can have the ai as a companion to help you probe through the data as you receive it but you yourself need to be there for the person to you know show empathy show understanding show them that they feel heard so that that part I don't think we could automate unless the AI becomes sentient and, and then has some, you know, uh, human face. But even that might feel artificial. I think I I can now recognize images that have been generated by AI because they're so refined. It it, it lacks the grunginess, right? It, mm-hmm. It's too perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I love I that. That, that. I was gonna say I love that you said that you can't automate emotions. That's really what you said, <laughs> and I yeah. was like. That is really insightful because not being able to automate that empathy and that, you know, interpreting what people say. If somebody says, um, I don't feel great, they might be saying, I'm having a really hard day and I'm, you know, having a mental health crisis, but they're not saying that. So reading between the lines as humans, we can interpret information from facial expressions, the tone Mm -hmm. it said. Um, the way they look, if we've seen people before, they might have a grayish color or they might be blushing or they might feel look flushed. So seeing body language and, and reading in between the lines, that's something that I don't know if, if that's something that could ever AI could ever completely detect or automate. But I think for now, you're right. For sales, we need that one on one now. You do. You can use video, I know you are big into video, you can use video to automate some processes of sales, right? Frequently asked yeah, questions, yeah. you can make a video for each question. Um, demos, you can give a live demo and answer questions or you can say, here is our standard demo, and then I'll meet with you for fifteen minutes for the question portion, right? So
0: yeah, certain, for the more in-depth part.
1: Yeah, so certain things you can automate, but then others you really need um, a human there to to answer those questions.
0: So uh, what, what I what I do like to add on the the video part is there are tools now. I think Descript uh, has it built in to make or convey that emotion or capture the eye contact. Because one thing with video is, you know, you need to look straight into the camera so people feel like you're talking to them, whereas it's just a mechanical device with some light in front of you. And some people have you know, trouble with that. They, they look at a the screen, they, they take notes. So now has a tool, for example, and I think NVIDIA, the video card manufacturing company has an engine as well, where they can, like the eye contact with AI, make sure that your gaze is always straight into the camera. So you could look away like this, but your gaze is gonna be locked into that. And that kind of can help capture it, but I don't think it will beat the in-person experience, but for an online platform, it does bring it closer.
1: Have you used that feature? Cause I saw, I saw somebody on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago talk about that and use it it seemed creepy because it didn't seem right as the head was turning and then the eyes are like yeah. well, it was it was really I think it works that if you don't necessarily move your face very much yeah, you so, might so, be so looking you need to keep at your it nose.
0: natural yeah
1: yeah it was a little creepy but yeah that's that's very interesting so let's wrap it up let's talk about tools real quick we've got a couple of minutes Diego and you are probably using all sorts of tools for both automation and AI. What are some of your favorite tools? I heard you say Descript, I use it too, for my podcast. So that's wonderful. What does it do? And what other tools can we should we look into?
0: Yeah, so if you're into content creation, I do recommend Descript, uh, not only for audio, but video as well. And especially with the, the tools built in AI tools, because you can have a crappy recording. Well, the, the input, the output is always dependent on the input, but it can salvage it through AI because they have this uh, module that's studio sound that kind of simulates like you are in a professional studio. So maybe you don't have all this foam. They can simulate that and make it more clear. Um, and that also auto transcribes it. So what I do in my process, I have script, I get the transcription from that. I built my system in Notion uh, because Notion is a really cool tool for note-taking databases. So all my guests, I have a database there with their photo links to that. And they implemented AI as well. So I use the transcript to then on their profile extract key insights they gave during during the conversation. Uh, so that's one tool you could use. Um, if you're using different tools like Calendly for scheduling, you could link that up with um Sapier or Integrafy? Those are automation platforms that kind of link different tools with each other. So the inputs get feed, fed through the other tool. So I'm I've been busy building an integration with Calendly, so it automatically goes to my Notion Calendar and automatically makes the the, the database or the, the row in that database for the for the next guest. And I think uh, if you're talking about images, uh, Canva has a lot of integration at, as well. But there's tools like Stable Diffusion, um, Midjourney that can generate images for you based on what you really need. Because sometimes you go to stock photo size and you think, uh, I need that, but it's not just right or, uh, you know, it, it doesn't feel original. So you can let your mind go wild. Uh, yeah that,
1: and that's something that you know I just want to put that out there before we close it up if you're creating content and you are working on in industries that are a little less common uh, for example if you're working for nonprofits that deal with um, abuse or that deal with um, say child neglect or um uh, maybe you're working with a charity that does research for ALS, you know, getting pictures of people with disabilities or, or, or that are more sensitive, those are harder to find in stock photos. So um, not necessarily want to recreate something that's shocking to people, but getting more diversity out there. Um, AI can, can help with that, you know, uh, putting in you know, uh, I want uh, a female astronaut, you know, might not be able to find that in Canva, but then Amit Journey would absolutely be able to do that. And so thinking thinking that way is, is really helpful. So Diego, how can people connect with you online? What's the platform you're most active on mention the name of your podcast again and then i'll make sure in the show notes to also add that in there but how can people connect with you if they want to know more about you and the tools that you use and systems that you build
0: so if you want to find me personally it's at diego amerales just as it is on the screen just google me and you'll probably find a list of my website and linkedin is the top result i think so that would be one of the best places to reach out I'm on Twitter, but that's that has a kind of different audience to it. Uh, and my podcast is the uh, convos.com, c o n f o e s C-O-N-F-O-E-S.com. So you can find what the podcast and what we're creating on there. We've recently migrated to Substack as well, as we're testing a new system. Like, you know, I'm continuously evolving the system. So that's where you can find that as well. And as a closing thought, I'd say, don't stay behind. Just try the tools. Maybe you're not going to use it now, five years from now. Just try it, experiment it, get familiar with it because in the end, you're going to have an edge over the people who don't use it. Don't get left behind.
1: That's wonderful. Wonderful advice. Diego, thank you so much for your time today. I will be back next week with another episode of Strategy Talks. And I'm going to say goodbye to all of you. Thank you so much for watching live and for listening. Bye, everybody.